Welcome back to the Skyline Life on Purpose podcast. We are so excited today. I have a friend with me here today, Miss Phyllis Darby. Welcome, Miss Phyllis. Hi, Jordan. Hello. Um, we are just excited to hear some of Miss Phyllis's story um, and just talk about her testimony and how Jesus has really saved her um, at a lot of different points in her life and played such a big role in different points in her life um, and just talk about you know her journey in her faith Um, so miss phyllis why don't you start off and kind of just tell us you know go back to the beginning how did you learn about jesus how were you um, introduced to the faith well jordan thank you for having me first of all i do love to tell my story because i do love to tell how jesus saved me because he doesn't just save, he pursues, and he's like the hounds of heaven. He'll go after you, and he did leave the 99 and come after me. Um, mm-hmm. I did try to get away from him several times. I think most people do, mm-hmm. but it makes me even more grateful because um, I can see how my life would have been, and now I know you know, that the richness, the fullness, the abundance of the lavishing love that he's given me mm-hmm. through all my years, and I'm so thankful to be able to tell it. So I guess I'll start out telling you that I lived in Dyersburg, and grew up in a home where my father was really an alcoholic. We didn't say that word, but you know, he he was um, he was discouraging as far as going to church. He not only did not go, but he discouraged us and uh, I don't know. His mother was a faithful Christian. His um, and my mother was the faithful Christian that got us in church every time the door was open. You know, I never got to see the Wizard of Oz like most people did on Sunday night. <laughs> So we would be leaving, and so I guess uh, during my teenage years, that's when I became rebellious, thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, I just wonder if it's really like this. And then when I went off to college, I did realize that not everybody had a faith. You know, not everybody uh, went to church, and Mm -hmm. I kind of wanted to touch out, you know, reach out and see what the other part of life was like. And going to us, and I don't mean to be um, disparaging about. Uh, state schools, but this Memphis State's where I went, Mm -hmm. University of Memphis now, and honestly I can look back and say uh, there was indoctrination even back then, you Mm -hmm. know, with with, well, religion is just a crutch you know, and really you don't um, you don't have to have it, you know, we we can use knowledge and our wisdom can come from knowledge, and so that's what I pursued I pursued knowledge, I actually went into, um Eastern religions, you know, we had the Hare Krishnas uh, giving out incense and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I really was, I uh, w- probably could have been a commune person if, you know, God, if I didn't have a praying mother at home, praying <laughs> grandparents and all that. And so um, I did kind of go off on my own. I, I touched, I even, you know, I tried the Adrian Rogers Church and um, those kinds of different churches. And, but then I really did pursue Eastern religions, looking at them and seeing them, but I didn't get too far into it before um, I went home. Mm -hmm. One, uh, it was after I had worked on my master's, and boy, I was the smartest person. Oh, I was so smart. (laughs) I went home, and in Dyersburg, you know, there was, I felt so sorry for people. They (laughs) (laughs) was so brilliant, (laughs) and so it makes me understand now, you know, kids that or just out out of college, but yes. so I, I went home and I did have the most faith filled mother and a praying woman, and she uh, was in fact when I went home, 
um, it was a break between where I was going to go. You know, what after college and uh, after my master's, where was I going to go? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wanted to be an educator. I knew that. Mm-hmm. I had offers from New Orleans and, you know, different places. And I really had some opportunities that would have taken me really further into the world. Mm-hmm. So I was home this, uh, it was on a Wednesday night, but it was a... Um, gospel meetings, what we call it in the Church of Christ, but it was a revival is what we used to call it. <laughs> yes, so right. it was a revival, and my mother wanted me to go with her. Uh, thing. I remember the preacher's name was Brother McKenzie, and I didn't know him. He didn't know me, mm-hmm. and we went to church. I didn't want to argue with her. You know, I just that, that was my gift to her. You know, I was going to go. I'd sit there, and that would, you know, uh, my love for her mm-hmm. uh, over overcame my distaste for going to church. So anyway, I was sitting there, and uh, this guy starts talking, and then he says, you know, I'm changing my sermon tonight. I'm looking across here, and I know someone needs to hear this message. Mm -hmm. And man, he just started talking to me about Eastern religions. He mentioned some of the books I had been reading. (laughs) I'm thinking, my mother didn't even know that. She didn't even know that. So I knew by the end of that message that he was talking to me, God was talking to me. And I went home that night, and we call it the upper room experience. My brother was there. He, he, um, you know, I, I felt like I'd already been saved years and years ago, of course, as a child, brought up in the church. Mm-hmm. Many times I'd gone down to the altar and um, given my heart to the Lord, but it just it felt like it didn't stick, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't really live the life or understand the joy of the Lord right. and live in the Christian life. Or really maybe it was the lack of uh, pressing into the Word. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had that experience that night, and this is when my father, I, I'll never forget this part, he, um, my sister was there, my brother, my mother, everybody was in my room, which was up on the second floor, and that's why we called it the upper room experience. But my father came up there and said, I don't want y'all to go to heaven without me. Oh, my word. I know. And so he gave his heart to the Lord that night. Mm. And, um, and so then I started pursuing the Lord, really, you know, in a, a non-denominational church mm-hmm. in Dyersburg. And then I had my, you know, we fall down, we get up moments. Absolutely. But when Ron and I met, I was teaching school in Dyersburg. And I remember... Uh, this cross I had, I wish I still had it, but it was a cross and it had a man and woman wrapped around that cross. And I told him the only way we could ever make our marriage work mm-hmm. was to wrap ourselves around the cross and our Jesus. And so we started our our journey together in church and really at Skyline Church. Really? And that was in 1980, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how we started. And we've raised our children at Skyline. And mm-hmm. um, we have just really had the opportunities to serve and, mm-hmm. and opportunities to to learn more about the Lord. Um, the church here has been um, the backbone of our marriage and our and the way we've raised our children and and now even now as I'm serving and loving our community here, which is there's so many opportunities that you have at Skyline. You just have to kind of limit yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I can only do so much, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. So it's, I love that part about Skyline is there's so many opportunities. But There is. So, Ms. Phyllis, listening to that story, the thing that stuck out to me is you had so many people that were, like, maybe behind the scenes or maybe um, just 
listening to the Holy Spirit that we're helping in your faith story, like your mother praying for you and the preacher, you know, specifically listening to that prompt from the Holy Spirit to speak right to you all the way to your brother and your father, you know, sharing in that upper room experience with you. As you look back at all those people that played such a big role in your life, what would you tell other people about the importance of having a community of people like that to support you in those times in your life? You know, I would say never give up, Mm -hmm. never, never give up. You know, um, we stand at the door and we knock and that word in Hebrew means keep knocking. Mm-hmm. You know, we knock and we ask and we pray. And we may not see with our earthly eyes what's mm-hmm. happening in the heavenlies, but something is happening. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the Holy Spirit is so important to us today is because um, as we are praying, there, you remember, I think it was Ezekiel where his eyes were opened and mm-hmm. he could see the chariots of fire. We just, we just do not know what's happening in the heavenlies. But we know the power of prayer. Absolutely. And I've seen the power of prayer over and over and over in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we were um, going to talk a little bit about what happened in 2000 when our, we had a fire. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have heard that story because it was so powerful. I had been praying the, the prayer of Jabez's prayer, you know, Lord, mm-hmm. uh, extend my territory. And it, really what I was asking is, let me be a light on this hill, you know, open doors for me. And let me see what's in the, in the spirit, what's going on and where where I can serve you. Mm-hmm. And I had been pr- on my knees praying that that morning. And when I got to work that afternoon, I was able to go to a, a Bible study. And that at that Bible study, a lady gave a talk about how she had lost everything and then how the Lord had provided for her. Mm-hmm. And, and I was so touched by it. But as soon as I got back to the office, I had my cell phone ringing, my office phone ringing and people were telling me, you know, your house is on fire. Mm-hmm. And and by the time they got to the part about the house is on fire, you know, it was like they, they were saying, are you sitting down? Uh, is somebody with you? And, you know, and I'm going, tell me. <laughs> and so they said, their house is on fire. I'm going, whoa, is that all? You know? <laughs> so anyway, I really beat the fire trucks there. There was like, like eight fire trucks mm-hmm. that got to the, you know, we lived in the county at the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and from the very beginning, I'm standing outside. My husband was on a golf trip in Florida. I'm standing outside, absolutely peace and calm. And I knew people were already praying for me. Mm-hmm. And I could just feel um, a, a spirit of, of the Lord just really overwhelming me. And from that point, for the next two years, I felt so close. I, I felt like Jesus had his hands in mine. I mean, I, I could look over and see him. You know, it was unbelievable. The presence of the Lord, and um, I say today that was worth losing everything to gain that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure my husband can say that he lost he lost the <laughs> he, he lost everything like I did, but he also that was his biggest loss in his business because he had our insurance right. too. So for me, it was like I remember at the end of this, you know, after we were kind of finding out what started the fire and everybody was safe, you know, mm-hmm. but at the end of it, um, I remember crying because I'd lost my dog. His name was Spike. And he had um, he had hidden under the bed and we saw his little, you know, in the carpet you could see his little spot where he had tried mm. to, to get away. And uh, he was out on the front porch and our little vet, our vet, Danny Walker, had come over and he was 
being so tender with him, you know, and Davy Pinnacrest got him and put him in a little box, you know, and Aww. put him in the freezer so we could a funeral later. But I remember um, asking the Lord why that loss had to be. And he said, Cause, because I needed you to have something to cry about. <laughs> I really had nothing to cry about except the loss of that little puppy dog because everything else was just so temporal. Yeah. And it really was not, it wasn't, you know, people felt so sad for me. People would come by and just, you know, we were having a party at Debbie's. People were coming by, <laughs> binging, bringing, I was just having a party. And so when I finally talked to my husband, he goes, I said, you know, our house burned. He said, it did not, mm-hmm. you know, because I was laughing. Mm-hmm. He said, will you please get serious? I said, really, we, <laughs> we're having a party here, but we have lost everything. <laughs> oh, my. Hey, uh, Debbie's always down for a party. Yeah, she's down for a party. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was really a, a the first few days, uh, unbelievably, the words, I guess we hear it every day, you know, words of encouragement. And But I was listening to um, Joyce Meyer, and she was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, how it's really harder to receive than it is to give. You know, I'm a oh, giver. Yeah. I'm a, that's one of my my gifts. I just love to give um, mm-hmm. gifts, mm-hmm. and to receive a gift was really difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And so that was her her talk that morning that I received. That it's a blessing to other people, and let people be blessed by by you receiving. Mm-hmm. So I had to change my mindset on that. And people were so generous in giving. Every time we turned around, people were just could not help us enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a time we were, you know, jewelry is a thing I like, and it doesn't matter if it's expensive or, cos- <laughs> you know, it, I, the cosmetic jewelry, anything that glitters, shines. You know, <laughs> glitter, I just love glitter. I just can't help it. <laughs> so I had, um, I was going through my jewelry. We had to go through and count everything because it was just going to be a total loss, but the insurance company had to have more. So we had to put on our helmets and, our, you know, and go in and write things down and, count things and and I was looking at my jewelry and my sister was there and I said you know I'm just feeling like I've spent too much time gathering this up and I really feel like I need to to release some of this you know give this away and and, uh, I knew she looked shocked (laughs) you know I'm just saying I need to get the let this jewelry not be so important to me in that very hour within that same hour a friend of mine pulled into the driveway and said, you know, I was in my quiet time, and the Lord just put this on my heart to bring to you. And mm-hmm. she opened up her uh, a, a little jewelry box, and it had some earrings and a necklace and some precious things I knew were precious to her. And and and, and I received it. Mm-hmm. And what I, I learned from that was that, oh, God has such good gifts for us. Wow. But we just have to open our hands, mm-hmm. and they have to be empty. You know, so I... I try to start every day as mercies are new every morning, mm-hmm. and so I want to I want to start every morning with my hands empty, mm-hmm. my heart open, ready to receive, and then also ready to give. Wow, that is such an incredible story. I mean, do you feel like that that experience helped you understand the grace of God in a different way than you did before? Just in the way that He provided for you, you know, even through providing your jewelry through that sweet friend and, you know, all of the different gifts that he gave. Is there a different understanding you have of God and his love for us after that? 
Well, I know he's, he pursues us. I know that. Mm-hmm. But I also know that there is an abundant life. And he, he lavishes his love on us. But we get so busy with the world and with things, and we get entangled in just the busyness. And a lot of that's good busyness. Mm-hmm. But we've just got to uh, step back and give ourselves time. That's what I was given. during. Really, it took a year to get back into our house. Mm-hmm. But it was time without my things around. You know, it was time of... of um, really time with him mm-hmm. and and so I did press into the word more and he gave me these he gave me some treasures I did find out like just like the Israelites in the desert you feel like there's nothing there until you look real hard and then in that desert you'll find the best treasures mm-hmm. and their eternal treasures mm-hmm. and I guess that's what I started looking at is is this eternal or is this temporal right. and that's where I started digging for the the treasures that are eternal. Right. You had kingdom eyes instead of worldly eyes. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Well, he yeah. gave me three scriptures, and actually it was a Bible study that came in that I go to now even, but this Bible study is is also a group of people outside of my church mm-hmm. that um, they're all different from different... It's the body of Christ, but it's uh, different denominations, mm-hmm. and I've been going to it for years. But they gathered together in... We rented a house real close so that we could, you know, go in and start doing this uh, counting and um, the inventory that we had to do for the insurance company. Mm-hmm. But they they had um, they came in and they just they had somebody had silverware, somebody had dishes, somebody had, and they took this rental house that we had and provided everything that we needed. Mm-hmm. But the three things that are the they had three stools, and that was and on these stools, and I know this these scriptures were prayed over because they were actually stepping stones that took us back through this journey. The first one was the joy of the Lord is my strength. Well, you know, I started out giggling (laughs) from the get-go. And so I really did have to control that. You know, I don't know what what that's about, but it's just, you know, it is something. It is joy that Lord has given me just uh, a joy with life. And uh, and I'm so happy that that is my my countenance, and I think I, it's inherited. My mother was like that. Really? You know, yeah. I, and I, I know it's not something to take for granted. It is mm-hmm. a gift. It is. But that's my outlook. You know, I'm, I've got the rose-colored glasses on most days. That's, the, that's a good thing. That's yeah. A, that's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, the second one was um, the joy, uh, oh, Lord, you are our dwelling place, and we dwelled oh. within him that whole the year in that rental place. Wow. And then the third one was, and he will bestow upon them a crown out of the ashes. And that's what we got is a crown out oh of the ashes. Word. He came back and restored everything we had mm-hmm. exceedingly abundantly above all we could think or imagine. Mm-hmm. After that third year when we got into our, our new home, mm-hmm. redecorated home, mm-hmm. you know, in a home that I, I have hoped and, and been able to open up, you know, to, to people and to love on people through that home. That's how I look at it now is it. It's, it's really his place, mm-hmm. and it's our place that he has given us to um, to share. I know you had mentioned your, your just general personality is very giving, and we can see that just by spending a couple minutes with you. You're just a very giving person. But after that experience, how do you see, does the Holy Spirit like open your eyes to people even more so and show you how you can help people? Um, 
in different ways after you've had to have that experience of people providing for you? Like, do you see a difference in before and after that experience of having that awareness of what people might need? I think so. I think anything, um, well, you know, God doesn't offer those experiences for nothing. So I know mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for is mm-hmm. the next thing. I, I would get lots of phone calls after that. Well, this person just lost their home. Wow. You know, when Ron and I had, you know, we just actually have a little fund of money that, you know, we could think, well, at least we'll, we'll let them know this is a love offering to them mm-hmm. it, to give them, get them started. You know, we had... Um, the way people gave, it was definitely a, led by the Holy Spirit. The day we were counting, I love books, love children's books. You know, the day we were going through the inventory of our books was the very day that a friend of mine, and she is so dear to me, but she'd been asking, what can I do to help? What can I do? I finally said, well, this is the day. Come and help us count these books. Well, little did she know that that's the, the job I would give her. Mm-hmm. But she had been already collecting books. Wow. She had a Bible with my name on it. You know, already ready. So that very day is the day that she gifted us with the books that she had already been gathering. And that wasn't an accident. You know, I just love how God works. And so that's where I want to be, have my heart and my eyes Mm -hmm. open. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the Lord has led me to the Women of Hope. I love working with those women. We're going to go today, and I'm so Mm -hmm. excited for Mm -hmm. you to get to meet some of those girls down Mm -hmm. there. I was just at the Old Country Store yesterday, and... Uh, Kat is a girl that we sponsored, and she is, you know, how do you ever say fully recovered, but God has uh, restored her Mm -hmm. to a home, to a job, to get to see her children. I mean, a beautiful picture of God, uh, God's restoration, Mm -hmm. his his power of restoring and lavishing love on her. Mm -hmm. And she is so thankful, and just to get to see that life. I saw it before, and now I see it after, and it's just amazing. Wow. I know we've served together at the soup kitchen several times, and I know just there's several different projects that you have your hand in here at Skyline and at other places. Can you just take a minute and kind of just tell us what are some different projects that you are involved in, just so we can kind of know just different missions and things that are available here at Skyline? Oh, there's so many things. But one thing I think that we probably don't talk about enough is the team read. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm an educator. I was working for special needs children for 30 years in Madison County. Mm-hmm. And I know, like so many educators know, that if you can't read, you are at such a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And the statistics are so huge that that second grade level is a turning point for children. Absolutely. And you either jump up and get those basic words because after the second grade it's more content it's more comprehension Mm -hmm. so if they if they skip over those basic dolch we call them dolch words or fry words Mm -hmm. they're little words that make comprehension um, happen but you really can't sound them out Mm -hmm. so there there are like um, 600 words that we work with for the second graders Mm -hmm. And you teach them the word, and uh, well, I'll just tell you what we have as volunteers in Jackson. Um, you go in one day a week, and for 30 minutes, you work for two with oh, for an hour. 30 minutes with one child, 30 minutes with another child. Mm-hmm. You work with them on these Dolch or Fry words. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that uh, James and Kelly Christofferson 
are heading up, and our church is a, a, a great beacon on the hill for that. We provide a room that has, uh, we store books, reading books, and then we also have a, a mobile book, um, little van that they have. Uh, United Way is helping us with that, and um, it has really changed the the success rate in the TCAP scores even in Jackson-Madison County. Mm-hmm. So I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they are, it's an astounding turnaround. So we don't just, it's not one of those things, you know, some things you just can't really see if it's helping or not. I mean, we did a mentoring program here at Skyline for years, and now I see some of those kids out in the community, and it's wonderful to see them, you know, with a job here at Ross or a job mm-hmm. here at Marshall's or you know, you know, you see their families. We've got one child that's in college. I mean, it's great to see those things that take years. But the statistics on what is happening in the se- all second graders in Jackson Madison County is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get involved in that, just let me know, and I can sure mm-hmm. hook you up. Yes, Miss Phyllis would be a great contact for getting involved in that mm-hmm. mission. Um, the other one is the Women of Hope. I've I've mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit, but. That is, right now there are like 40 women. Uh, it's it's a fluid thing, so it comes and goes. But it's a faith-based program with women that have a, have addictions. Um, they have lost everything. Mm-hmm. We see these women come in, and, you know, they've lost everybody. Their, uh, their closest people have turned their backs on them, not because they want to, but just because they have they have taken every chance that anybody's ever given them. Even their parents, or, you know, they want to, they just, they have lost children through the court system. They've lost their husbands. They've lost their dignity, mm-hmm. you know, and so they have reached the all-time low. Many of them have been, it's court-appointed. Some of them are. Mm-hmm. Some of them it's been through a church or through a, a family that's been referred to. But um, Marcy Hendricks is the director there. She's Pastor Marcy. They have a cafe that uh, is outstanding. They have barbecue. It, they do all kinds of catering there. But that's one of their big fundraisers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skyline's uh, really involved in helping with the gala that is once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've sponsored women, many women, and um, it's an ongoing thing. I just I, I I don't see anything really in my in my world that changes people. And gives them a chance, like Women of Hope. The retention rate for the women that are healed from addictions is amazing. It's not, and if they do, and a lot of them do, will fall. And but you know, our uh, Marcy will will welcome them back. Right. You know, they do go through. It's a faith based, like I said. So they go through a program, and. Um, but, you know, when you get to it, it's Jesus Christ and Him alone mm-hmm. that has broken the chains off of these women, mm-hmm. and they know it. Mm-hmm. And to hear them praise and worship Him is amazing. And they do, they have praise worship. Uh, to, they'll come to your church, actually, mm-hmm. and do these liturgical dances and uh, and tell their testimonies, and it's really, it's really touching mm-hmm. and amazing. Now, do you, when you talk about sponsorship, is that something that you do through Marcy, or what does that look like? Well, there's a lot of different ways to get involved in this. And when you get involved in somebody's life, there are, you know, you can be as far as just, you know, write a check, Mm -hmm. or you can um, go and meet with them. There are so many opportunities to serve. The the place that they have is at Meaden, and it's a church building. It's a big um, um, gymnasium area, and then there's a living space. 
and they've had women to come in that are you know pregnant mm-hmm. so they can actually have their child there and then have and then um, if the court will allow it mm-hmm. they can actually have, raise their child there uh, until they can get on their feet and then they act, then they help them with the next phase out when they do graduate to find the jobs mm-hmm. so there's there's um, opportunity to serve in fundraising mm-hmm. you know because there's a there's Valentine's my meal you can attend um, there are the galas that they have mm-hmm. um, it, the the way to start would either to get a hold of me mm-hmm. or, or the Steiners or Marcy Hendricks okay. and we can certainly get you I mean you can go into a Bible study if you've got some kind of gift that God has given you you know art anything that you can help these girls with mm-hmm. is a lot of opportunity that's so wonderful. I'm I'm just so appreciative of all the different ways that you, you know, use all of your talents and your gifts. And I just think back to the beginning of our conversation and how God had led you, you know, away from the the path you're going to just feel the pursuit of Jesus and how you're using that to reach out to all of these women and um the soup kitchen people and just using your story to now impact others. It's just, it's a beautiful thing to see the, the transformation that has happened um, through that. Is, is there anything else that you can just really lead us in as far as how, how your testimony matters to you? Well, now I have grandchildren. Yes. And that's the most, ugh, I always think God's gifts are so fabulous, every one of them, but the best right now to me (laughs) and then I have a new one coming in May Mm -hmm. but um I guess looking at these women for the women of hope and then my own children raising two boys you know that that's no easy feat I used to say my kids kept me on my knees and they still do Mm -hmm. you know because you're just life is fragile life is fragile and it's just so easy for any of us to get our eyes off of Jesus Mm -hmm. so that's why we need community Mm -hmm. we need each other and we need encouragement from each other Mm -hmm. and I I like the retreat we just had recently where Betsy Pendergrass helped to remind us that there are always older women that we can encourage that can encourage us and there are younger women and then we encourage each Mm other's you know our group with the soul sisters uh, there's nothing like that I mean, I, I'm the kind of person, I remember when Skyline, you know, I've been here for a long time, so I guess I can say this, but there were, from the pulpit and from where I was, I wasn't getting what I needed. Right. I was felt like I wasn't getting fed. Mm-hmm. So I went outside of Skyline. I would go to Bible studies outside of Skyline, and, um, and then I've made some lifelong friends in different churches. And honestly, I love to go to different churches. I love to see how they worship. I just love church. Absolutely. And I love to see how other people their relationships with the Lord, mm-hmm. and and I just got to uh, visit with a friend that that is um, a Masonic Jew. That was a really good thing to hear her story about how God pursued her, and He did. He came after her mm-hmm. with with other people. So, um, I guess what I would say to anybody, if if you want to know more about God, want to more uh, want a relationship with Jesus, it's nothing more exciting there's not a better life there's not uh there's no way really there's nothing in this world that can give us joy and uh, the fullness of life i mean we could all have this god-sized vacuum in front of in in our bodies inside of us and nothing that we you know we already know that everything that we put inside there anything that we gather is going to 
rot or, you know, that Matthew was the, the verse that was given to me about, you know, what we, things that are fading, you know, that the things of the earth are going to be fading, but the, but the things that God give us will be for eternity. eternity. So anyway, I'm excited about just every day getting up and knowing his mercies are new every morning and looking to see where he wants me to serve and letting everybody know that there's not a better place to be than in Christ Jesus because that's where the joy is. Amen. I think that would be a perfect place for us to wrap up, Miss Willis. Would you mind just leading our church through this podcast, just leading us in a prayer that we would be able to listen to that voice in the Holy Spirit and use our testimonies for His glory? Do you mind leading us in a closing prayer for that? Heavenly Father, we just want to come to you in the name of Jesus and just praise you, Father, for the gift that you've given us of your Son. Lord, we just... Um, we know we're, we don't deserve it, but you're so good and you're, you are love. And we just thank you, Father, for that, that gift, that perfect gift of Jesus. And not just, um, not just salvation, Father, but life and life abundantly. Lord, we just pray that you'll open our eyes and our ears and help us to see and, and know what you would have us to do in your kingdom. Help us to do your kingdom work, Lord. Um, let us be your hands and feet. Um, Lord, we just want everyone, let us be a light on the hill. Let us uh, uh, draw men to us so that we can draw men to you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ms. Phyllis. Thanks for joining us as we seek to know more of God's purpose for our lives. The Life on Purpose podcast is brought to you by Skyline Church of Christ in Jackson, Tennessee. Visit SkylineChurch.com to learn more of what God is doing in our lives. Thanks for listening.